0: The Colorado Equal Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Rack and Alex Wood.
1: Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is the newscast for episode 178 for the week of August 31st. We, we've made it through August. And Alex, I kind of feel like that means we've made it through the summer.
0: Yeah, and uh, it, it's been a little bit cooler um, so it almost feels not quite fallish, but
1: almost fallish. Yeah. Labor day is a week away. Um, kids are back in school. Uh, I don't, you know, it's, I didn't have the AC on turned on at all, uh, today. So really things have been, uh, have been getting a little bit different. Yeah. And I've, honestly, we had some rain. I don't know about your house. We had some rain at my house and man, the ear the, the air was so much clearer. The, the smoke was, was way less impactful.
0: Yeah. I went for a uh, mountain bike ride earlier and it was a little bit before sunset and it was fairly clear except looking out west there was more rain coming in um but yeah air definitely much clearer nice and cool uh, can't beat that
1: yeah we're, we're things are getting better all right uh we're on the, the way up now rob everything's on the way up everything's on the way up you, you get low enough can't get any worse right that's right uh speaking of can't get any worse let's talk about our housekeeping we have we have a slack channel with 1500 plus of our favorite folks out there in the colorado security community if you want to uh if you want to join us there we'd love to have you go out to colorado-security.com and click on the slack link there
0: we are getting dangerously close to 1600
1: are we really i haven't even looked so i I knew we were over 15 and i kind of stopped paying attention
0: (laughs) uh you know rob we also have a mailing list uh, when the show comes out every week, we publish the show notes to that mailing list. So if you want to sign up for that, go to the website, colorado-security.com, and sign up for the mailing list at the bottom of the page.
1: Uh, and of course, we would love it if you would rate us and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. that helps us get new listeners. And of course, another way you could help us get new listeners is if you would tell a coworker, a friend, a, a, a star-crossed lover, um, really anyone who you run across, just mention, hey, Colorado Equal Security is the best security podcast in the state
0: and uh, also if you'd like to support us financially we do have a patreon campaign going on that helps us to uh, cover the costs of the podcast and all the other colorado equals security stuff so again you can find the link to that on the website colorado-security.com if you sign up for uh,
1: certain levels then you get free stuff like a shout out on the show and a free t-shirt um, and then finally, we would love it if you'd help do interviews for the show. We have you know, generally do news and an interview. This week, you're going to see we actually don't have an interview because we've uh, we kind of worked our way through the ones we had in the backlog. Uh, we'd love it if you want to help us keep that content coming and get to introduce the Colorado security community to someone cool and interesting that's worth knowing here.
0: Speaking of not having an interview, Rob, uh, last week we ran into
1: a little bit of an issue as well. Yeah, our editor putting the show together uh, really dropped the ball. And, and just re- initially, if you if you downloaded the podcast the first day or so, you just got the newscast. You didn't get the feature interview with Matt Alderman. Um, just so we're all clear, the editor is me. Uh, so I'm not throwing Alex under the bus, nor any non-existent interns that, that we don't have. Uh, so anyway, uh, we did get that fixed, I think, Monday morning, uh, get re-uploaded and... If you didn't get that the version with the with the interview, I think you have to go back out and just re-download it. And you should be able to to see that very interesting interview with Matt. The who, as a reminder, Matt is the CEO of Security Weekly, uh, and really had some interesting stuff to say about the industry and the experience of running one of the largest security podcasts uh, in the world.
0: And uh, you know, usually it's me that screws something up by not sending out the uh, mailing every week or things like that. So, uh, you know. Good for Rob to have his turn. Turn, turn about his fair play, I guess. Indeed. Also, uh, we are running our second annual Colorado Equal Security salary survey. We would love for you to participate in that. So uh, you can go to co sec.co slash salary survey, and that will take you right to the salary survey. This is an anonymous survey. Um, once you submit your information, you will go to a, a different place to uh, submit your contact information so that we can send you the report after it is complete.
1: Yeah, w- this is super interesting stuff. You know, we, uh, you know, we we we've th- we're we're talking to folks in the Slack channel about you know what we could do to add more value, and consistently, folks would love to have uh, a source for salary information that they can trust. I will say it's a lot harder to do salary surveys than than we expected coming into this. Uh, the the nuance in terms of okay, how do you correlate uh, years of experience and you know different focus areas within security. Uh, and then, and then even within those, the range, the, the statistic, uh, variation between salaries is just massive. Uh, so yeah. it's a lot of learning for us and, and hopefully, you know, you guys will find value in what comes out of it. Well, and then the other
0: things like, you know, how do you put a value on certain benefits or, uh, you know, options or other things like that, that maybe are not part of your salary.
1: So yeah, interesting stuff. It is interesting and good learning for us. And hopefully, like I said, value to the, to the community. Exactly. All right, let's jump into the news. Uh, the first story this week is, is not security or tech related. It's just interesting. Um, there is a, an annual thing called the Art Drop Day where, where artists would drop their artistic works around the Denver area. And uh, generally, I guess it, looks, it happens on September 1st, so coming up here in a day or so. Um, and they are going to be doing it this year, but it's a little bit different during COVID.
0: Yeah. So um, it, it sounds like there will still be uh, small handmade works of art hidden around the Metro area, but of course no one goes out. So you're not going to find those. Um, but there is also going to be an online version of this where artists can submit uh, their creations to the website and people can get them there um, as well as certain artists being highlighted on the website.
1: Yeah. I, I say, I, while it's true that people are not getting out a lot, this actually might be a really good way to get out. Uh, if you're looking for an excuse to leave your house, you know, it's all out of doors. You're not having to you know, go into an art gallery to see this art. Uh, and it's, it's kind of cool places hidden around town. You don't, uh, you don't have to just randomly guess. There are um, tips and hints that are given by the artists on their social media platforms. So you can you know, go, go figure out who's a part of this thing. Go, go stalk them on social media and, and go see some pretty cool new art locally created here.
0: Yeah, that is pretty cool. I've I've got a couple sort of anecdotes about that. We were a couple years back down in Salida, and I don't know if it was specifically part of this or not, but they were doing a similar thing, and we found a couple pieces of art around town as we were exploring, and that was that was pretty fun just to find that stuff. And then uh, also during COVID, we had people in our neighborhood who were painting rocks. So you know, we'd take the dogs on a walk and. Um, every couple of days there'd be different rocks around with uh, things painted on it. So, you know, not things we would take with us, but uh, still fun to see.
1: We actually had folks in our neighborhood doing the rock thing too. Maybe that, maybe that was a trend that was not locally created.
0: Could be. All right. Uh, uh, next story. Um, we're have a, a story about crisis innovators, how eight Colorado startups are fighting COVID-19. So this is, this is pretty interesting talking about some uh, different startups here in Colorado and, and what they were doing to help folks during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, initially I was looking through it and I'm thinking maybe we'd want to just uh, go through the list pretty fast. But there's some interesting stories here. I recommend folks who, who really want to know more about local companies, you know, you click these kind of links because you, you just don't find this exposure unless you're intentional about it. Um, I did want to call out one of the stories that I found pretty interesting. Uh, is it Puro Light? Um, so they're a, a company in Lakewood, And they have partnered with MTA, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority in New York City, to use their UV technology to disinfect public transportation for riders across New York City. So, you know, obviously we've heard uh, that UV light can kill viruses and kill mold and some other things too. And specifically it can kill coronavirus. Um, They've created technology that can be used in an automated, you know, no human fashion uh, to make sure that those surfaces are safe when, you know, when riders get on there.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think we all know that, you know, the subways in New York city are, are absolutely disgusting at times. So, you know, having that on there's another side benefit. Um, one of the ones that I wanted to highlight, uh, there was an organization called make for COVID uh, that was a statewide volunteer network uh, where people could volunteer to uh, basically make PPE during uh, the, the crisis. And, um, there were a number of different companies that contributed to that, um, but they put together over 81,000 pieces of PPE and f- through the network of over 2,000 community volunteers. I thought that was pretty
1: cool. When you say PPE, do you think OPP? <laughs> Is that just me?
0: Who's down with PPE? <laughs> yeah, you know me. Yeah.
1: All right. Um, I
0: do now, Rob. Yeah, all definitely. good.
1: <laughs> and, now, and now so will many other people who are listening to this. I apologize to all of you and, and anyone who loves you. Uh, moving forward, uh, there's an article here from the Denver Business Journal. Can, uh, can a group of 14 white Colorado tech leaders change the state's startup diversity scene? That's the headline. Um, and, and as you get into it, I, I think it's, a, it's more nuanced than that. I don't think it's a great headline. Really what it is, it's a, it's a group of, like it says, these 14 white um, but they're not just tech leaders, they're actually uh, investors, they're equity, um, really private equity or venture capital folks, so like Brad Feld and a bunch of other uh, of those people who bring money to startups. And really what their focus is, is making that startup uh, capital available to, to people of color.
0: Yeah, and I think um, also just some learning um, through this to, to figure out what else is necessary uh, to help those of color who are you know doing startups, right? Because you know money is great, but there are, I think there's other barriers as well, right?
1: I think you're you're right. I do, I do find it. I, I, there a lot of interesting stuff in this to me. Like they're not just saying, hey, we're going to dedicate some money to to people of color. They specifically signed up. Each of these 14 people signed up for an eight week training. Um, that's kind of part of their. Their their work with this group, where they're going to each member is going to learn um, about their own personal biases, how they can uh, be more anti-racist versus you know not just being not racist. Uh, really cool stuff to see. You know, a guy like Brad Feld, who's he's a billionaire, right? Like a guy like that who's willing to put his own time and and, fo- and resources behind this. I think it goes a long way towards you know adding credibility to these types of movements.
0: And after this uh, eight week program their plan is to uh, unveil some findings and a framework for making this more sustainable for the community going forward. So I think that's pretty cool
1: as well. Yeah, it is really cool stuff. And, you know, I I know Alex, you and I are both uh, white males and, and I I hope we, we hope that we can also be uh, positive and and move things in this direction. You know, if there's there's folks out there in the security community who have ideas, how we can help with our platform, uh, let us know. We'd love to participate and, and move those things forward. Agreed. Uh,
0: Next, we have some news about an acquisition. Denver's brand folder was acquired by Smartsheet for $155 million. So brand folder is a digital asset management platform, uh, meaning uh, something that manages the uh, the digital assets that you have, like um, logos and you know, maybe videos or you know, other things like that. Uh, and Smartsheets is a uh, a company that uh, does more workflow and things like that, and and they feel like there could be some synergy with the two companies together.
1: Yeah, it's really cool stuff. So number one, awesome for Brandfolder to have an exit like that, and 155 million dollars. Uh, hopefully, presumably, a really nice exit for their um, for their uh, owners and those folks who spend a lot of time there. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, SmartSheet is. I think they've become really successful in the recent uh, past. Uh, a lot of a lot of companies, especially. Um, I think those companies who who are kind of cloud first for their productivity apps have have moved to using smartsheet for their like project tracking type type work um, i know we we use it at paying and i and i find it I find it really cool to see you know them continuing to invest and innovate and, and adding that workflow element to it in addition to to the uh, to the portfolio of of logos and brand and stuff i think it 's going to be interesting i 'm curious to see how they take this in the future yeah it, it
0: looks interesting as well. Um, I did see in the article that uh brand folder through their history had only raised eleven million dollars. So an a hundred and fifty five million dollar exit from eleven million dollars is pretty good.
1: Man, that's like that's like a billion dollars profit or something.
0: Some almost a billion dollars. You're you're right. Yeah. Um
1: and uh, I, I had another point too, and you well, I think it might have been this to mention that they're gonna maintain a Denver presence. They're not uh, gonna they're not moving outside Denver. Brandfolder is still going to be here. And Smartsheet says they intend to grow here in Denver as well as a part of this.
0: Yes, I did hear um, it was a different article that, that sort of said, uh, you know, part of the reason for the acquisition here was that Smartsheet wanted an in to Denver. And this was an easy way to do it.
1: It's hard to get in here.
0: It is hard. Yeah. we're popular.
1: All right. Moving forward. Uh, we've, we've talked about Sphero a lot on the show over the last few years. Uh, they're the ones that they, they've got their initial popularity making that BB-8 robot. Uh, But they have a new, uh, a global challenge. They call it the Sphero Global Challenge. It's the ultimate STEM robotics and design competition. And it's just opening now. And it looks really cool. I got to get both of my kids to take a look at this. It
0: it looks like they have uh, sort of three different um, missions, tracks, programs. I'm not sure exactly what you want to call them. Competitions, um, depending on uh, ages and focus. Um, but you know, one is just a STEM competition. One is around coding and robotics and one is around programming and engineering. So, uh, lots of things that you can, uh, do with your kids and help them move forward in STEM. And, um, you know, it's pretty cheap too. It's uh,
1: $75. I, am I the only one who doesn't know the difference between coding and programming here? Help
0: me. Yeah. Well, maybe they wanted different words because it's coding and robotics. And then programming and engineering uh
1: you know i don't know i'm not even sure i know exactly the difference there i, I do know that robots are different than engineering but like I, 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 by the name i don't i'm not sure what the difference is and, and i assume stem is just a little bit broader uh, well, well actually um, the, they, there's a little description here so the stem competition is, is a hands-on event to allow students to solve problems facing the earth right now so i assume climate change and nuclear disarmament or something like that the uh coding and robotics is take flight on the bolt space mission during this event. Students are going to put on their programming engineering skills to work. And then the programming engineering is students are going to design, build and engineer solutions using RVR and little bits. Um, so it's probably th- that last one is just more technically uh, on a certain platform. Yeah. Anyway, cool stuff.
0: Yeah. So if you have kids, uh, you should definitely check it out and register.
1: Oh, it's, what was it, ages eight to 14. I think, I think that, uh,
0: yes, I believe, uh, there might even be even younger in some of the platforms too. Oh, very cool. Uh, next, the, this is uh, pretty big news. Um, the, a data analytics unicorn, um, also known as Sumo Logic, uh, is planning to file their
1: IPO. Yeah. So really cool stuff. Sumo logic. If you remember over the last couple of years, they have opened what they call an HQ two, a second headquarters in Denver. Um, actually in the same building that, that, pings in. I've, so I've seen those guys a lot. Um, really cool that, you know, they've invested in Colorado and now they're going to be going public. Uh, there's not a lot of information yet. We don't know when it's going to be. It, it, the, the article hints to the fact that there's been a, a glut of recent people filing for IPOs. Uh, they think because people are trying to get out before the election and there's kind of uncertainty around what's the economy going to look like and how, how free will capital be after the election. Um, but anyway, they're, you know, they look like they they filed and they're trying to get uh, ha- raise $100 million as a part of that.
0: Yeah, and uh, congrats to them. Um, you know, Sumo Logic has been uh, very, very successful and um, it seems like they are in... Uh, most cloud-first companies uh, doing you know, logging and security monitoring and other things like that. So uh, hopefully this goes well for them.
1: You know, reminder we we had George Gershaw, who is the CISO there, on our show a while back. Uh, congrats yeah, to George it. and and other folks have been you know through the company over the years, and we we love to see those guys be successful. I did have a couple other things that uh, I noticed here. They have about 700 employees right now, um, and they they had revenue um, about 155 million with a net loss of 92 million last year. So they're, they're kind of, you know, built like one of those VC companies built to grow quickly is, you know, a very expensive way to grow uh, with the intention that, you know, as they get to scale, they'll start to get towards a break even or profitability. Flip that switch, stop yep. growing and start making money. Cool. Uh, all right. Next article we have is a, one of the red canary blogs, you know, you know, I love the what they do in their in their blog, where they're just adding a lot of great value, a lot of context for someone in, in security operations. This one is uh, the, the ransomware survival guide. It's a holistic approach to detecting and mitigating ransomware. Uh, and I read through this. What what I loved here is, um, you know, they, they give a couple examples of of really clear ways to know that you have ransomware. Like, hey, if you see rapid fire access, create, delete, or you see people running VSS uh, demon.exe. Uh, to delete your shadow snapshot that's a clear sign of ransomware however like by the time you see those it's really too late you're you're now in incident re- recovery you're now trying to to restore your data versus trying to stop stuff so this blog post is really about okay how can you how could you detect it earlier and stop it before they start to actually encrypt your your files
0: yeah i thought this was a really good article as well Um, It's a good mix between uh, technical and not technical, you know, a really good description of of what's going on and things that you may see, but also digging a little bit into those more technical details uh, for the people that are interested in that part of it. So definitely a good article there. All right, right. next, uh, Ping Identity had a blog this week talking about four ways to make more intelligent workforce authentication decisions.
1: Yeah, so they, they, you know, I'm not going to go through the entire article. I will say what the four things are, though. The first is using UEBA. Uh, that's the user and entity of behavior analytics. Basically figure out when, when do people normally log in? Uh, what does a normal login look like from a user? And, and you, you kind of get a fingerprint for you know what Alex's behavior looks like. And when Alex is more risky, if Alex usually logs in at 8 and logs off at 5, and all of a sudden he's logging in at 4.30 a.m., well, let's do a step up, right? Let's require an additional factor of authentication. Yep. They do an, uh, anonymous network detection. So if you're using a Tor, a Tor browser, you know, the Tor network to connect, you know, that's, that's a sign that, clear, that sometimes people are trying to do some shady stuff. The criminals often use those networks. So maybe that's another situation where you might want to do step up authentication. Um, IP reputation, if, if I'm connecting now from uh, the, the same IP that's been you know, launching uh, DDoSs all over the world, that's a, a really good time for us to either block or require step up. And the final one is impossible travel, right? If you just signed in from Denver and in uh, an hour later, you're signing in from New York City, well, we, we suspect that that's high risk and we wanna do some kind of a step up or notification or something. I love impossible travel, it's my favorite. Yeah. Well, it's especially right now, right? So uh, anything about outside of about you know, 30 miles from where we live is just about impossible travel, it feels like.
0: Exactly. All
1: right, all right next we have a blog post from Logarithm um, talking about uh, monitoring and defending medical devices.
0: Yeah, uh, this was an interesting article. I uh, think, you know, first part of it, uh, talking about, you know, the challenges around securing medical devices uh, as you have more and more medical devices that are connected to your network, not just uh, standalone devices performing some sort of help, health function. And um, also because of uh, that large amount of uh, of devices, as well as the the way that devices many times are operated, um you have less control over those devices than you do, you know, sort of a ty- typical IT device. So they talk about some ways that you can get visibility and control around those medical devices, um including a great way uh, which is Logarithms NetMon which is is part of their platform uh to as you might guess monitor networks for uh, sp- suspicious behavior.
1: Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, and we we do cover some of these sto- stories that are you know, they're kind of a sales pitch, you know, both for ping and for logarithm. They're, they're kind of sales pitches. But, you know, part of the reason we do it is, you know, what they're putting the content in these is true regardless of what platform you use. You don't have to use ping. You don't have to use logarithm in order for, to get value from from these stories. So hopefully you guys will take a look and whatever your IAM or SIM is, you can you can use these these ideas to make it better.
0: For sure. And then uh, the last story that we have this week um, actually was in Hedge Week, a periodical that i've never heard of uh but the article was by uh jt Gaeto, a uh, friend of ours friend of the show uh talking about artificial intelligence and proactively detecting threats
1: yeah is this is one of those that's maybe more interesting for the fact of where it's published than based on the content i don't think that there's a lot of surprises in here for us but it's really cool to see you know uh, I, I mean i i looked a little bit into Hedgeweek after um after never having heard of it either um and it, and really they're they're for hedge funds you know they're not a security company. they're not a security uh publication they're they're really a financial publication and um it's nice to see a group like that who actually you know cares about the kind of stuff we care about
0: yeah and uh jtd does a good job of uh of explaining it here um more you know to an audience that is not necessarily technical in nature so very good with that too
1: cool well, that is it for our news this week. Let's go ahead and jump over to the Slack message of the week. Big thanks to Andre Gata. Andre is the, uh, the personal sponsor of this, so we can give people each week one item from the Colorado Equal Security uh, store. They can get some swag.
0: Yeah, and this week's winner is Bern Carney. Congratulations, Bern. Uh, he posted about uh, a good thing, Slack, our Slack workspace, helping him find a, a new job
1: fast after he was laid off. So that's pretty cool. It's really cool. I, you know, there's, there's very few times that we get to see, you know, really impacting someone's life for the positive in such a way. Uh, and that's one of the ways you get to do it, right? Helping someone who got laid off find a job quickly and not have his, him and his family get impacted too much. Really cool stuff. So not only does Byrne have a job, now he gets an, a free color equal security piece of swag.
0: Yeah. And, you know, hopefully whenever he gets to physically go to his new job, he can, you know, take that swag with him and put it on his desk.
1: Love it. All right. Uh, Moving on to our upcoming events. We have a couple of events this week. Um, Number one, ASIS has a webinar on de-escalating dangerous situations. That's on the third. Also on the third,
0: the Colorado Springs ISSA chapter is doing their September online series.
1: On the fourth, the Colorado Springs Cybersecurity Group is getting their virtual First Friday Cybersecurity Social and Mixer, which is a serious mouthful, but hopefully a good way to get to meet folks in the Springs doing security.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they had been doing this in person. I think this is the first time I've seen them trying to do it virtually, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, on the eighth, Denver ISSA is doing an event about Secure Access Service Edge Framework,
1: or SASE. SASE. Um, on the 10th, the Northern Colorado ISSA chapter is doing their September chapter meeting. Of course, that's also virtual.
0: Also on the 10th uh, the is the Cyber
1: Security Summit Denver, uh, which I assume is also a virtual event. Yeah, it is a virtual this year. Uh, that's the last event here in the next couple of weeks. I'm looking out, or excuse me, going jumping over to jobs. Uh, we do have a job at Ping Identity. It, it might be filled here very soon. We ha- we've had a couple of interviews that went pretty well, but um, it's still open as of today. If you're interested in becoming a GRC analyst at Ping, this is, uh, your, this is your chance. Um, give, give me a note on Slack if you'd like to talk about it or just go ahead and apply on the website.
0: Uh, if you don't want to be a GRC analyst, Rob, Honeywell is looking for an
1: information system security officer. Uh, Bank of America is hiring a cybersecurity analyst. Facebook is hiring a network security engineer for detection. That sounds like a pretty cool job. You get to work at Facebook and uh, maybe stop the Russians from taking over our election. That'd be pretty cool. The Colorado Judicial Branch is hiring a system security engineer. NREL is looking for a cybersecurity analyst. NBC Universal is hiring a cybersecurity platform engineer focused on DNS. Zoom is looking for a senior security analyst for threat hunting. Strive Health is hiring a cloud security engineer.
0: And Pearson is looking for an intern for security engineering.
1: Pretty good stuff. Well, Alex, uh, I think that is it for our news this week and we like I said we don't have a feature interview. So, uh do you do you have any monologues you'd like to give in the time we have left? Um Four Score and 7 Years Ago. Yeah
0: that's it. That's my monologue.
1: You you have four fathers. Yeah. <laughs> is, that what, is that what comes next? So Something like that. Cool. All right. Well, good stuff. We're looking forward to, to getting uh, another interview here in the next week or two. And of course, uh, reach out to us if you have anything we can do for you. Uh, with that, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thanks, Rob.